Hello and welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best episode-by-episode Gundam Seed podcast that finished Gundam Double O and decided it was time to da 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 duel. My name's Jeremy. I'm in your base, stealing all your girlfriends, apparently. I'm Tyler. Uh, winner, winner? Chicken dinner? My name is Zach. Yeah, there's no way this episode isn't just called Where We Dropping Boys. No matter how good a joke we make during the episode, there's no way I name it anything else. You know, I still find it kind of funny. Um, We played a lot of PUBG for a while there. We stopped immediately upon winning. Yep. <laughs> I won that one game and we're like, all right, we did it. We're done here. That was a tasty chicken dinner. We did not need any more. So we watched episode 11 of Gundam Build Fighters today, Battle Royale. The one in which you get to see Ricardo Fellini all tied up, in case that was your kink. Not the last time that'll happen? <laughs> one of the things that I find kind of interesting is that we saw all these other people lose to the people who are manipulating the actual particles. And Fellini still gets through and still is quite good at this. So it's like, he's yeah. not actually doing it, so he just he's just that good at this. He's just the Mula Flaga. Makes you wonder, it's like, is the reason why he's not actually won the overall tournament because he just doesn't care enough? Um, or he just never had anyone in his bracket who knew how to manip- like no one in the Italy bracket knew how to manipulate Plavsky particles. Yeah, he's got to be from a softer region, right? And he is like the one good competitor there. He's the Cloud Nine in 2014 <laughs> <laughs> of Italian gunpla. Yeah, and I was gonna say, judging from this episode, I think Fellini might have even gone further last year, except for he was busy the night before. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we saw in the previous episode that it, that even being completely wasted didn't harm him that much, although we don't know exactly how strong his group was. Yeah, and what if he needed to fix his gunpla for the match? Because he had sustained some minor damage in the previous one. Okay, that's that's fair enough, yeah. So if you haven't been watching along with us, Gundam Build Fighters is the story of Blueoni Boy Say and Radoni Boy Reggie. They live in a world where if you build a Gundam model, you can put it on a special tablet and then it will come to life thanks to special particles and it's Pokemon rules among the battles. They are in the world finals. It's the opening rounds though, so they're through all the bullshit exhibition rounds. Uh, <laughs> they have just uh, succeeded in the first round, which is a four-player free-for-all and must now watch their old sh- uh, school rival, maybe, in his bout. There's also Meijin Kawaguchi, who is not their old school rival. Uh, he is a special boy who was appointed to the tournament by the organizer, PPSE. He has cool sunglasses and flamenco music. <laughs> Unlike their uh, former high school rival, who did not have sunglasses. Well, they also got to worry about the pale chick from Finland who buys a lot of snacks. Ayla Yerkiainen. I took a shot at it. I think I might have even gotten it. Uh, <laughs> You're a braver man than I. Yep. She is the participant from Finland who is sponsored by a fracking magnate. Who <laughs> she has... leads Team Nemesis. <laughs> yes. Uh, and is a member of the Flana Institute led by a shady man named Nine Bathers. <laughs> that was such an incomp... Like, if you have not watched the show, that was such an imparsable stream of words you just said. And I love that. <laughs> it's technobabble, but for proper names. She's undefeated thus far, and no one has even figured out for sure what her weapon is. I mean, if we're honest, pretty much everybody in this tournament is undefeated as far as you can tell, because you had to win in. Well, Say and Reiji were defeated by Yuki. It was not but an official match. <laughs> yeah, but they have been defeated. They're also the only ones we've seen every fight, so... Uh, she also defeated the former champion, Carlos Kaiser. Yes, that's, that's is true. Is she using condensed Plavsky particles? Possibly. That would make sense, right? 
Speaking of, there's also Nils Nielsen, the American champ, who is half American, half Chinese, half Japanese, half ninja, half martial artist, half genius. Oh, you forgot half detective. Uh, sorry, half detective. Uh, he's also half samurai boy, and he's uh, the, the insufferable genius trope that Zach hates. He's also 13 and has three PhDs. It, it's not the insufferable genius trope that I hate. It's the I am... It's the way too young, insufferable genius. Like, I've got three PhDs, and I'm 10 or 13. It's like, this is dumb. There's also Mao, who is also 13, and he's just really good at building Gumpla because he went to Gumpla building school. Yeah, well, how is Say here is really the question. And well, I think the answer is Reiji's actually carrying him. Well, no, the thing is, we already know that Say is one of the best model builders. Like, people have already commented on the fact that he is a great, great model builder, but he doesn't play video games because he spends all of his time building models, and so he has absolutely terrible piloting, which is where Reiji comes in and he can drive. Also, his dad made second place in the second championship, so he's got the good genes. <laughs> the gun blood genes. Yeah. I believe the last character we need to talk about is Riccardo Fellini, who we mentioned earlier, the Italian champ. He has a wing Gundam. Anyone well, else we need to talk about? Well, I think we need to at least mention Rambaral, who is just Rambaral here. Although I don't think he's in this episode for the he's, first time. Is he's he? in the episode. Okay. He doesn't do anything. He's in the audience in briefly, making excited faces. There's also Chena, who is Say's girlfriend. They both blushed when I said that. <laughs> and Rinko, who's Say's mom. Uh, she who gets starry eyes Gina when you said that. <laughs> yes. Who ships Tina and say super hard. Anyone else? I think that's everybody. I think that's everybody important. I mean, uh, we're going to- well, There's Kirara. <laughs> yeah, there sure is. <laughs> um, I was going to say we're going to get the Thai champ. Yeah. Luang Dalalan? That sounds right. I, I think, think you're right. Quite... I think that's it. I think I, I think it's Luang Dalalan. I think, I think I it's, I think it's Luang. I think there's a, there's a U in there. Yeah. All right, so we're going to watch episode 11 of Gundam Build Fighters. If that didn't scare you away, there are lots of characters. It's good. I don't know what to tell you. You can watch along on Crunchyroll. And we begin with Ray and Sheena. Watching the uh, the legend finally revived on TV. And Sheena's like, hey, I'm pretty sure that's my class president. What's he doing there? He forfeited. I saw it. It was like very dramatic and stuff. I do love how everybody is just like, wait a minute, I know this guy. So I genuinely have a slight facial aphasia. I would genuinely not be able to tell they were the same person, I think. What, would you have the problem with Clark Kent? Yes. Superman? Oh, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> uh, are you familiar with The the Departed, a movie starring Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio? I am not. That movie starts with like a montage of Leonardo DiCaprio and, and Brad Pitt's lives, like alternating, showing how they, like one of them is a cop and one of them is a mobster. And, and they their upbringing. places, yeah? That's yeah. that one? Yeah. Yeah. I thought they were the same character for that entire montage and was so goddamn confused. <laughs> Could not tell the difference between Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio, who people assure me look incredibly different. They do. I, yes. I can now because of Brad Pitt's very manly, slightly gray chest hair. So now I can tell the difference. <laughs> but this was before he had that. So, so yes, the, Clark Kent would absolutely 100% work on me. And I think they've done research and say it would work on like 55% of people. I'd believe that. Well, especially the different contexts. Yeah. Um, I would not believe and Lois Lane falling it for it as many times as she does. If I remember right, isn't there also, like, it's never really presented in most of the other things, but in, like, the comic, he's also doing a whole host of, like, acting-related stuff, like slouching, talking differently. Yes. So, like, there's all these other little cues that people would obviously pick up on, so it's like, Clark Kent can't be Superman, because why, how would that work? 
Yeah, to segue into an excuse to talk about one of my favorite favorite Superman comics, there's a story from the 80s where Lex Luthor builds a computer to tell him who Superman's secret identity is. And it's like, dude, it's Clark Kent. And Lex Luthor is like, this is why you can't trust a computer for anything. Clark <laughs> goddamn Kent. Superman would never pretend to be Clark fucking Kent. Look at this schlub. He's the most powerful man in the world. What are you talking about, computer? Clark Kent. <laughs> <laughs> no, like that's the thing. I, I make fun of the whole like just wear glasses thing, but at the same time, like makes sense if you add in all the other things that Jeremy has told me that Superman does. Because like I said, in the old like Superman cartoon, the Warner Brothers one, he never really do- he doesn't really do anything else. He stands up straight. He looks the exact fucking same. He's, just yeah, he's still a glasses. Dorito because he was drawn by Bruce Tim. <laughs> I guess to be fairness, all the men drawn by Bruce Tim are Doritos, so maybe it, <laughs> yeah. it works a little better. But when I was rewatching it, I got a laugh out of that because like Batman, Superman, uh, Martian Manhunter, Green Lantern, The Flash, they all look the exact same. That's because they all do pull-ups. That is how you get that shape. Well, the Flash should be the other way around. You would think, wouldn't you? But he should be an upside down Dorito because of his legs. He, he always he, he always does leg day. He no, always runs. Too much running actually causes leg atrophy. It's bad for your legs. So China is not fooled by Majin Kawaguchi's sunglasses, unlike me, because she is an empathetic young girl who's good at art. Well, I mean, say we will find out also is not fooled by this. Yeah, Even Reggie is, Reggie is not fooled by this. So I do kind of love that they immediately turn the trope upside down. No, I my my favorite thing of this is just how hard they no sell it. <laughs> then the opening sequence happens, a perfect time for me to go on a segue about Superman, but I already did it, so I played myself. See, weirdly enough, I also contributed to the segue about Superman, and we know I dislike the Man of Steel. I think you're just secondary towards him. No, nah, he's too perfect. I was going to say the Man of Steel, John Henry. No, he's not the Man of... John Henry's not the Man of Steel. John Henry's the man who pounded steel. So, weirdly enough, there's also a shot from Gundam Double Op playing over <laughs> right before. It's like, it's literally the Virtue firing its big fuck-off cannon. Well, they just show episodes of Gundam between bouts to keep the crowd entertained. That, that checks out to me. That actually makes a lot of sense and... Yeah, the first, okay, we're going to get to this. So the first line after is the camphor amazing, but the camphor, the, the A in camphor is one of those ones with an omelet over it. And Crunchyroll has decided that shall be represented by the shape square. Uh, <laughs> we will see on screen later, like uh, when the, when Majin Kawaguchi wins, we will see his gumbo, the camphor amazing, spelled with a real ass A, but Crunchyroll has decided that it is the square amazing. Mike, Mike, Crunchyroll didn't do this. Oh, it's, mine did. Mine did too. Crunchyroll hates me, I guess, and Tyler. I know exactly why this happens, too, because I was in charge of making this happen for Time Warner Cable, and it's a pain. Replacing A's with umlauts over them with a um, square? No, be- because they're special characters, and if you don't have the character set, it just, sh- like, the square is the, I don't know what font goes here, but this is the size it needs to be. So, Majin Kawaguchi is handed the camp for Amazing, and Alan, his engineer, is like, hey... You've got to win, Majin. Uh, and Majin Kawaguchi is like, as a matter of fact, I will. And then immediately turns <laughs> on his like isolation booth to I, go to work. I kind of dislike the fact that the camp for Amazing doesn't seem to be carrying its shotgun. I think as time goes on, you will grow to like the camp for Amazing. But we'll see. It is instead equipped with a more standard-ass Gundam beam rifle. Oh, I mean, true. I like the design of it. It's just one of those things where I, I wish it had the shotgun because that's a cool idea. Is that the blue duel? No, this is a victory Gundam. That one there? Yeah, it's just pay. Oh, I'm sorry. It's not a Victory Gundam. It's an F91. Why did I think it was a Victory Gundam? Those kind of mix in my head for some reason. Oh, that's why it's got the 91 on its shoulder. Okay, I didn't see that before. I was like, because it's it's blue and none of the other ones actually are. So it is 
painted in a custom way. That is not the cr- a traditional paint scheme for the blue duel. So the major charges the of the F91. combat. And wave dashes beside when he tries to get beam struck. And I do love this no-cell shot of him just firing the beam rifle. And then we see the F91 just spiral into the mountain next to him and explode. And then he uses the cover of shadow to stab a gym? This is a cold district's gym. Who the hell would show up to something like this with a motherfucking gym? Somebody who likes uh, war in the pocket a lot more than me. <laughs> There's <laughs> one later on that's even worse. This is the gym that we saw Kilala making in her montage of learning how to be a nerd. But it gets stabbed by the Battle Royale Call of Duty knife that the camper is <laughs> equipped with. I could not rem- I could not for the life of me think of what that double lot Gundam was called. It's that- not a Gundam, it's a mobile suit. Neither can I. I'm staring at it again. It's not a Jinx. No, it's not. It's something from Double O, though. And it also gets shot down immediately. And the Camp for Amazing, spelled correctly, has won. And Alan is like, Majin Kawaguchi wins. Perfect! <laughs> I, I, but um. it, I guess we see the ready room and everybody is like, the PPSE works team is really good. It's like, yeah. I do like he went in saying victory is the minimum expectation for the Majin. I'm like, well, what's the maximum expectation then? And then he showed me. <laughs> he, d- he just did it. So I guess it's a matter of personality. Like, because Fellini, our, our main characters, are hanging out in a, like, a room with a TV. Whereas the other guys were like in a dugout. <laughs> yeah, Fellini looks like he's at the airport just catching this before his flight. <laughs> but Fellini's like, oh man, the Majin's really good. Hey, Reggie, how would you fight the Met? And then Reggie and Say are gone. Yeah, they're, they're both running down the corridor because they're like, that was motherfucking Yuki. <laughs> yes, and Ron Baral is like, oh man, Majin Kawaguchi's pretty good. I didn't well, know Yuki was Majin Kawaguchi. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it's like everybody else. Everybody who knows Yuki, who has met Yuki, knows who he is, but everybody else who doesn't is just like, oh, it's Agent Kawaguchi. I don't understand why he attempts at all the hot... Why can't he just be like, yes, I inherited the title? I think he's like on some anime bullshit, because he is a nerd, as we know, and he's like, oh, I have to be beyond Yuki Tatsuya. Okay. Uh, I, I must be a symbol of Gumpla. <laughs> I mean, I could definitely see that. It, would, it definitely fits with the character that we'd seen him with before, because he does kind of calm down later. It, when, well, he, when he puts can, his hair down, I was gonna say his hair goes down. That's <laughs> so when he puts his hair up, he's just on the like edge lord anime ass <laughs> bullshit train. Like that's it. his personality turns into that. But then when it goes back down, he's like face palm. I can't believe I said that. No, it actually it pulls his scalp. It, it just you know it's bad for his blood flow. So say and Reiji catch up and are like, "Hey, um, you're Yuki, right?" And he has the most amazing answer of, "No, I am not Tatsuya Yuki." I was never class president or captain of the model building club. <laughs> yeah, he goes into school. this. And then I love to say his expression about after he does it. It's just like, you seem to know a lot about him. Just with the like, dude, we know. And Reggie's like, okay, take off the char ass sunglasses and let's see your face. Mage and Kawaguchi no sells it with his cape coat though. Before going, all right, take a good look at Mage and Kawaguchi. The man who has inherited the title of Majin. It's it's super dramatic, and everybody is like... And it's just Yuki. It's just Yuki. (laughs) He's kind of grumpy about it, but it's just Yuki. (laughs) I love Sei's reaction to that, too. Sei is like, oh, man, this is some anime bullshit. And Reggie is like, what is going on? (laughs) I I will say, his sunglasses are so fucking stupid. <laughs> Reggie's or Majin Kawaguchi's? Kawaguchi's. The double wraparounds? Yeah, they're like a weird double wraparound on the ear. The frame is on the bottom, which is like, why? 
if you think about it, why is it on the top? It makes a lot more sense for it to be on the bottom. That's how that's just gonna be really uncomfortable. <laughs> Says the guy who's wearing a half frame glasses right now. Yeah. So well, this is the first pair of non half frame glasses I've ever owned, and I don't like them. So. <laughs> So we cut to Say and Reggie's hotel room. Where, I like, like how they're saying it like just a Marriott courtyard <laughs> or something. Like, it's like a real nice hotel for this. Yeah. Uh, this does look like one of the ones that you'd find up in Aspen. I've stayed in I've stayed in a hotel like this before. Yeah, a real nice hotel for an esports event. Yeah. <laughs> and Reggie's like, "Hey, why is he here? Didn't he forfeit?" Well, I mean, and then Say explains that he's the uh, he's PPSE's ringer, and like now- he's their special representative that they, I guess, hold the rights to. Just enter a guy. Like I said, it would make more sense if they were held the right to enter more guys, and they could get like Carlos Kaiser and some other and Ninja. Ninja would have been popular around <laughs> the time this was out. Carlos Kaiser makes the most sense to bring in because, like, he former was last champion, we're, last year's champion. So you'd pull in all his fans and whatnot. It says like he's going to be a tough foe, especially since his gunplow is made by PPSE, who knows all about the Plavsky particle. And you know he beat us last time. And he does Yuki, our rival, who kicked our ass. Plus, now he's Majin Kawakuchi. I'm not sure how that's a what's more situation, because then, like, <laughs> Reiji comes up with the same thing. He's like, uh, what the fuck is that? No, it's like uh, titles in the Tales games where you switch your title and it gives you different stat bonuses. <laughs> so Nils Nielsen does a Google about Majin Kawakuchi and explains that he was the god of Gunpla building. A legendary the- plastic model builder. <laughs> this is a real person. He now works for Bandai Wait, and worked seriously? for Bandai during this. So. Amazing. Wow. He said he's renowned for a bunch of Gumpla techniques and modeling techniques he created, but I, I've never been able to figure out what those were. Like, what did this guy do that was so revolutionary? I've seen his models. They look good, but. Oh, I like how there's just is... like a tray of used sprues falling in the background behind him. So, so dumb. And now the third Majin Kawaguchi is a brilliant fighter backed by the PPSE works team. It feels weird that for having this referred to as a works team, I know what that is. It just feels so weird to apply it here. It's not like the whole company. It's not like the t- the chief of marketing is at his beck and call. No, I mean it's no because a work a works team is typically referred to as I understand it usually related to like Formula One racing. Like a works team is built like they build specific vehicles and whatnot for people. Like they build like, like a. Hyper customized cars and shit. For, well, they for built hyper customized gunpla. I know, like <laughs> it makes perfect sense. It just feels so weird for it to be here. The weirdness is that everybody doesn't have a works team, right? You would think either it would be common or nobody would have one. Well, and it, here, it's one guy's got one. Well, it's and maybe it's Isla's one, got one. It's one company that we know of. Isla's working for a team. The, the Nemesis also makes sense that they would have a full fledged team. Yeah, but everybody else is team. single man acts like. They don't have a team backing them up. Say and Reiji don't have a team backing Although, them up. This is also only the seventh tournament, so it might be possible that there hasn't been time for competitors to spring up. Do not underestimate how quickly sponsors get involved. That yeah. is fair. Nils- <laughs> Nielsen got a sponsor. And he- you brought up Say and Reggie, Zach, but they are one of the most expansive teams with two people, a fighter and a builder. Yeah, but I mean, like, they don't have anybody bankrolling them. No. The closest thing they have to bankrolling them is Say's mm. family owns a gunpla shop. Well, Do you think he just takes kits from the from the shelves? I've wondered about that, honestly. Or does he buy? Does he have to actually pay for them at a discount? Or I'm, is that his allowance? Is is his allowance just here's a kit? We know he works there, right? So I assume there's some sort of deal in place. And say would definitely spring for just I will take a gunpla kit for doing this. 
Especially because, like, he does all the demo models. Well, yeah, I assume he did not pay for those. But anyway, Alan tells Majin Kawaguchi that the next battle is going to be a battle royale. So we find out the reason why the PPSE team is so good is because, number one, they're throwing the resources of a whole <laughs> corporation at it. And they cheat. And they <laughs> cheat. <laughs> Although he did, basically says, I don't need your cheating information, Alan. I need the drugs. <laughs> <laughs> who's this Who's this uh, series druggies, do you think? <laughs> uh, I do like that Witch from Mercury got some femme druggies. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I saw, a, I saw a shot and I'm like, I need to watch the series. Uh, given the what you did with your hand, I'm pretty sure I know exactly what shot you saw. Yeah, I've <laughs> seen that shot and I'm not even keeping up <laughs> like, on I it. don't... Like, no, the thing is, I wasn't either. And I'm like, I just ran into this and I'm like, I need to I need to watch the series to discover why exactly they're in the situation where I mean, high, high five. Oh. <laughs> so Alan's like, "Hey, you might have to fight against Team Nemesis." Of course, I don't doubt your victory, but our CEO is going to watch. So you got to do a good job. How worried do you think uh Yuki actually is about Isla and Sei and Reiji? About saying Reggie, probably not very. I don't think he's worried about them so much as he's excited they might actually be a challenge. He might be worried about Isla. Okay, so how excited do you think he is to take them on? Do you think he's more excited to take Isla or saying Reggie on? I think he invented an entire anime persona in order to take <laughs> them on. I think that's how excited he was. Was he could not contain himself, so he created Majin Kawaguchi the Third in his spare time. <laughs> a Majin's objective is always victory. Isn't that what competition is? <laughs> I mean, Everybody here is in the idea of winning. Uh, no, but he wins at eating breakfast, Zach. You don't understand. <laughs> so Alan's like, hey, so why did you show Saya and his friend your face? And he's like, I don't, as a matter of fact, I have no idea. Get out of here. <laughs> I must have been out of my mind. It's not like they'd already fucking figured it out. And Alan's like, yeah, well, I guess there's no rule that says you need a secret identity. I was just curious. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> and then he takes off his glasses, puts his hair down, takes off his coat. He's like, oh, man, that persona is so try-hard. Jeez. <laughs> and he's like, I wanted to show you, uh, Say and Reiji my determination. I don't think he needed to show them anymore. They already kind of figured that part out, dude. So he declares, yes, father, I shall become a champion. And I honestly, I kind of found this whole scene kind, a kind of adorable with Say and China on the phone talking to each other. Yeah, it's and really the fact cute. That she has her bear guy on her lap. Yep. They're totally not dating. Don't worry about it. Yep. They're not dating because he's in the middle of a... Uh, they, they'd just gotten started, and then he had to go to this tournament. So they're pre-dating. They're like pre-gaming. Yep, yep. So Chino's like, so that was definitely Yuki, right? And says so like, yeah, he denied it, but it was definitely him. <laughs> and Chino's like, you sound really happy that he's here. And she's like, and says so like, yeah, I, I get to take him on on the worldwide stage. I don't have to worry about the rest of these fucking scrubs. Especially not Ricardo Fellini, <laughs> since I don't have a girlfriend here. Yeah, yeah. Also, Chino, stay there. I don't want Ricardo Fellini to become a sex offender by mistake. What about no, Kirara? He's already hit on her. Like yeah. I said, we don't know how old she is. I told you that would become a problem later. Uh, she does read very much like she is like 18. <laughs> yeah, She At reads least. as legal, probably. Tyler, you're looking. I, uh, spoilers, I've already checked. And there is no we, information. We already looked before. Like, you looked the last time she was on stage. Yeah, and uh, I thought I came up and it was 16. Um, was that not what happened? I don't think so. That would be a problematic. Insert line about consent age in Japan here. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, 
we cut out away from Say to Reiji, who is looking on at the uh, arena, and it's just kind of like, yes. He, it kind of gives the, the fashion of like, I'm sorry, Say. My people need me. I must go type of, I'm turning away from the arena type of thing here. It's a very satisfied smile in the cut. It reads very much to me as like, oh, I get to fight Yuki just like I wanted. It'll be great. He's the only guy I care about for sure. But, but then he, uh, he hears something in the bushes, and it's Isla. When it flashed out of this, and he's like, is someone there? I didn't quite pause it, but the thing I said immediately, I really hope it's Isla. <laughs> and then it was. Good I news, do, everyone. <laughs> I do like, I think she's trying to act like she's sorry for being caught by one of her handlers. And then she's like, oh, wait, it's just that red-haired bozo. I think it's more like caught by a security guard, because I don't think anyone's really supposed to be here at this time. Especially not her. And then she immediately like gets mad at Reiji. And they're both like, what are you doing here? Only people who are involved in the tournament should be here, and neither of us are capable of putting two or two together. (laughs) (laughs) She gets mad at him, and that comes up the line of only people involved in the tournament. And then she freaks out and ducks down behind the bushes. And Grace is like, hey, what are you doing? And she's like, hiding. What the fuck? Get over here. Come on. (laughs) Help brother out. Ragey for a change is just like, what the hell is going on? This person is very weird. And I just, I'm, I'm just picturing he's thinking, this person is weird, and Say is just going, where'd Reiji go again? <laughs> Wait, is Reiji becoming somewhat self-aware? <laughs> so we see, She looks I- like she's almost about to cry as she's watching her, like, handlers wander around looking for her. Well, I'm yeah. sure this is bad news bears for her. Although it flashes caught. out of that, and she just looks annoyed. Yeah. She gives a sigh of relief, and then Reggie stares at her ass and starts sniffing her hair. Oh, I was gonna say her meat buns. <laughs> and she gets embarrassed at it for good reason and he steals the meat bun yeah, he's her- like what a pleasing scent and it turns out the pleasing scent was isla's meat buns which he steals and runs <laughs> off with <laughs> he just kind of trots away and he's like you owe me this for last time anyway here and he throws her money like he's some sort of ninja or i guess a gentleman thief <laughs> and she's like what the hell this is enough for four and Reiji is just like, I don't really care about money, but this meat bun is great. I feel like Reiji only barely understands the concept of money, honestly. I, so. I kind of do too, but I really like their interactions. Like, great that we've only gotten two so far, and they've both been highlights for me. Like, yeah. I love these two. As Jeremy said, being unable to put two and two together. It's uh, Red Oni and Dumb Oni. I'm going to leave you to figure out which one's which. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we cut to the next day, where it's Battle Royale. I do kind of love this giant field that's like all of the fields together. Like, I love this concept, including space, because it's Gundam. I mean, does that mean that the uh, the, the tournament will progressively make the area smaller in, like, most of the battle royales we've seen? Because that's really <laughs> the only way to force only 90 people to get together and fight on a stage that fucking big. Yeah, unfortunately, the battle royale genre had not really taken off yet, so they are missing that super important conceit to it in this tournament. It also Although ends it, when a third of the machines are left. Yeah, so. and they also don't really have to worry about explaining that kind of thing simply by virtue of the fact that, like, they can write in everybody getting together and fighting wherever the hell they want, whereas... We all know how that would actually go. Someone would find a nice place to camp out and just stay That's there. That's basically what Niels does. I do kind of like from a story conceit that you have the option of just hiding out and avoiding everybody, or you can try to take out people you think will be a threat later in the tournament to cost them points. Yeah, I was going to say, is this knockout or is this still on the point system that they yeah. talked about earlier? All the survivors get four points. Okay. But, but you don't you don't get any additional points for knocking out people. And they, they don't actually lose points for being knocked out. They just don't get you gain point. You lose points you could have gained. Mm-hmm. So it depends on how you're looking at it. It's opportunity cost. 
I feel like just with this kind of thing, in order to encourage conflict, you make it so that each person who, like, yes, yeah, surviving gets you four, but each additional kill gets you one. Or, like, you get some sort of, like, benefit in the next round or something. I feel like just a traditional battle royale shrinking of the battlefield would also be a fine way to encourage conflict. Because even in most battle royale games, in the early stages, you want to avoid fights, right? You just want mm-hmm. to gather supplies, which don't exist in this, so... No, I mean, just to, just to for a, like, entertainment side, side of things, because, like, you would think people would have, like, the favorites, so there would be, like, cameras on, spe- like, they'd be paying attention more to specific favorites to show them, and it's like, if one of them has this plan, like, Niels Nielsen is just like, I'm gonna sit around and do absolutely fucking nothing, I'm not gonna get involved because I don't have to. What happens if everybody, if all, like, the favorites do that? You've got the, where the action is. Dukes, <laughs> dukes it out. I love this shot of Chino and Rinko with Chino looking, like, real intently, and then Rinko just casually sipping on some yep. orange juice, like, <laughs> getting drunk this morning. Yeah, it's a mimosa. Uh, <laughs> it's a Ricardo it, Bellini. It kind of gives the impression that Rinko either doesn't really care what's going on, or she is just that confident and say in Reiji. Um, I think it's more the former than the latter, honestly. <laughs> She's here because there's a cool thing her son's doing. And she's hanging around with her future daughter-in-law. <laughs> so Reggie's like, I just have to beat everybody up, right? And says, like, it's a little more complicated than that. And Mao's like, hey, we're friends. Let's team up. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. It's like only one third of these people have to. But make sure you never, you don't turn your back on him because, <laughs> you know, it is p- potentially someone will shoot you in the back. Not saying I would do something like this. Mao definitely seems like he would, though. Mao doesn't seem like he would shoot someone in the back after he said that he would work with them. Like, he doesn't seem that duplicitous to me. But before they can handshake on the alliance, they are already under attack by the Thai champion, breakout character who doesn't say anything. (laughs) Abigorine. Uh, It's like a Dunbine thing. It's a Victory Gundam thing, but it has specifically been colored and modified to be more an homage to Dunbine. Which, you know, was also created by the creator of Mobile Suit Gundam. So, in the family. It's pretty cool for a Beetleborg. It's got a sweet double scythe. Yep. And we go to not an eye catch on the face of the Thai champion, Luang Dalala. Man, remember when PUBG was a thing? How much cooler would that be if it was all mobile suits? I think the answer is a lot cooler. Hello, and welcome to the beginning of February and the middle of Gundam Build Fighters episode 11 where we do a sweet battle royale and say, mostly ragey, if we're being honest, mostly ragey, make a bunch of bad decisions. This is also the part of the episode where I do some plugs. Here's a plug for our patreon.com slash lost podcasts. If you like us enough to give us money, it is very much appreciated and has helped pay for all sorts of audio equipment. And here's another plug for our Discord. Uh, which you can get to from our website, www.lastpodcast.com, up in the Contact Us section. We have a link to our Discord, as well as our email, Gundam at last time on videogames.com. That's all I've got this week, at least. Um, I have some fun stuff coming up, but it's not really this podcast-related. But I'm going to tell you all about it in this mid-spot anyway, but not this one, the next one. And by the next one, I mean whenever stuff happens. You know what I mean. Whatever. Okay, bye. Cut back to Luane Carrara. Yeah, so he, he does have a line of uh, identifying the Starbuild strike because uh, Reiji doesn't have the brains to hide any of his abilities. 
and Reggie charges right in to get a pretty cool uh, Gundam Build Fighters fight. The uh, beetle shoots a beam, and Reggie stops it with the shield, and Delilah's like, ah, as I expected. However, missiles. That'll screw up the shield. I mean, it makes sense. You know you know, he absorbs uh, beams, so ballistics is where you want to go. Meanwhile, Mao's just in the back like, why am I supporting you again? This was a <laughs> terrible idea. They are getting their asses beat pretty bad for a two-on-one. And Say but is impressed I, that he figured out the weakness of the shield so quickly. I feel like in uh, part, one of the reasons why Mao isn't doing anything is because you look at Mao's ex-Gundam, its main thing is ranged combat, and Reiji's in the fucking way. <laughs> yep. So the star build strike gets hit by some more missiles and gets blasted into Earth's gravity. And Delara decides, eh, I'm not going to chase them 2v1 onto Earth. But yeah, so Say and Reiji have disappeared and they're heading into the planet. I, we get a brief shot of a, a, a ale strike. It's not an ale strike. It's the... Uh, it's the... What is it? it? It's, it's an, an astray... No, it's not an astray. It yeah, is no, an astray. astray strike. Yes, that's the one. I can remember. Yeah, the and astray this strike. Is, this is the one I was thinking of. An Who Ares? the fuck would show up to one of these things with a goddamn Ares? Annoying stand. <laughs> the, the Ares is like the worst machine out of fucking Gundam Wing. No, it's better than the Leo. The Leos explode when they take a step forward. The Ares <laughs> hit at least fly. The Ares explode when you look at them funny. No, that's the Leo, Zach. You're missing. You're, you're mixing them up. The uh, Ares rather, occasionally do something. I'd rather take a Leo with the platform for something like this. Because then you can modify the ever-living shit out of it. I mean, you could modify the Ares, too, and this person has chosen not to. <laughs> I will grant you that. Uh, anyway, a Dynamis <laughs> looks funny at it, and it explodes. That is, This is a Dynamis, right? This is a yeah, Dynamis. Yeah, this is a Dynamis. Also, just not customized at all. It doesn't have the uh, the shield poncho. Which oh, that's a good I point. I feel like if you're going to run that thing, use the shield poncho, too. Maybe it didn't bring it for the Battle Royale because his plan was to stay far away and snipe. And it would get in the way of retreating. So but. we get some of the other worst mobile suits you can run yeah, in here. Somehow, they get absolutely torn apart. Three different doms made it into the world finals. I don't know how that happened. They're friends from different countries. They're just in the same uh, Discord server. Doms <laughs> rule. GG. I will admit, I've always hated the dom. I love the dom. I hate the dom. It's such a dumb looking design. I'm medium on it. Anyway, Majin Kawaguchi is cornered by three doms, but his sunglasses glint with a new type flash. And he throws his Call of Duty knife at one of them to distract it long enough to release two Uzis into his hands and take them out. Laser Uzis. I, I, I do think the, the camp for Amazing is pretty rad. Like, I love its paint scheme. I love that, like, the things that look like cannons on its back actually just, just Uzi holders. deploy guns for him <laughs> to grab. And it's got, like, mono eyes can be so cool when they're done right, and usually they're just on grunts, so it's really cool for a mono eye to get to, like, do the, yeah, I just fucked you up sort of look. <laughs> what is this one here, in the, this, this white and gray one in the foreground? I do not recognize it. I don't recognize either of these. They're really bulky for Gundam. I would wager they're probably something out of, like, Gundam X or Double X if you don't recognize them either. Maybe X? They have some, like, Gundam Aceta Astray sort of designs with that bulk. But they don't look quite Gundam Seed, so I don't know. And I, we got an Endless Waltz Heavy Arms in here, too. Yep, they all these four team up to fight Isla, and all but the Heavy Arms are immediately exploded. And the Heavy Arms is like, well, I'll use my stock footage attack. It's a lot of missiles and guns, but they are all destroyed before they can really release uh, before Somehow, they can reach Isla's cubile. She just blocks all of the bullets. Like bullets don't tend to explode. Well, they do whenever you... I was unaware that it was loaded with bolter rounds. <laughs> hey, you know, they do tend to melt if there's a high enough explosion. 
Anyway, he's like, okay, well, I'm not, I'm not messing with that. Then we anymore. cut out of that to another one of our named characters, and it's Neil's just chilling, doing some samurai meditating, being like, ah, oh, I can just charge up my super meter by meditating while I don't fight. But then, in the stray green frame, comes for him, so he has to throw his sword into his <laughs> I head. I love how that he throws the sword. Why? That's a green frame. I believe so. I didn't know there was a green frame. It's from much later in the manga. Okay, because it wasn't in the uh, the Gundam SD Generations crossrays, I don't believe. It is, but it's not in the story mode, if you played the Astray story. But it is one of the ones you can... I thought yeah. I unlocked all the Astrays. I didn't think green frame was in there. Cause I, I mean, you like... may have and gone right over it. It's not particularly good. Yeah, cause it was like it, There red... are like 50,000 different red frames and like six different blue frames. Red, whereas there's blue. one green frame. There's a couple of... Oh, no, you're right. There is a green frame. I But there's like the gold... There's a couple of gold frames. Yeah. Because that's used by the antagonist of the manga. The green frame, I think, doesn't show up till they get to Mars and are fighting librarians. <laughs> For what? <laughs> Astray gets wild. Astray starts out as that Lord of the Rings game where you're following the fellowship everywhere and gets wilder from there. So we jump away from him to Ricardo Fellini. On a wing bike. On a wing Gundam bike. Yeah, he doesn't have a flight mode in his mobile suit. He just has a motorcycle based on the flight form. I think this is rad. It's, it's so pretty dumb. cool. So I he, love it. Let's see, I don't know. Exa- I, is that a? That, that, I know it's a. It's the Tauzi Tieran, a Zaku tank, and a Dwege. It's a Dom successor. I think it's called the Dwege. Okay, it looks like it looks like a Dom, and like I guess this is another one. Why would you show up to something like this with a Zaku tank? Yeah, <laughs> you're a Zaku tank enthusiast. Well, we already know there are Zeon bars where people just hang out. But so. why a Zaku tank? Like, why not a Sasabi? Or what is the uh, it, what is full frontals? The thing is, I can see the name in my head, Zach, and I can't say it. That's where my brain is right now. I just have a vocal lock on it, and I don't own a model. It's one of the few RGs I don't own. I, many, many RGs I haven't built, but that's one of the few I haven't. I don't even. I think own. There's a master grade <laughs> of it over at, or at least I think there was a master grade of it over at Hobby Town, or it was the real grade? I don't remember. Wouldn't there was a really me. big box that was like a hundred bucks. That might have been the Xiong Two. I don't think it was the Xeon. I, th- I thought it had an... It might have been... Actually, might have been the The Sinanju. That's the name of that mobile suit. That's what it is, yeah. Anyway, Xeon attacks Ricardo Fellini, and he motorcycles them. And I think this is the first time we've ever actually got a really good look at his wing Gundam. Like, I didn't realize that the two wings he has are basically on the same hinge. They're on the same side of the back of the mobile suit. It's kind of designed to look like the right half got blown off because like he's missing that part of his antenna on the V-fin and that's the one he de- side he doesn't have a wing on. I like you know, how he congratulates himself on, I did a big explosion, didn't I? Did you see that, Kirara? Get the Kirara be like, look out above you as he is being bombed. You know, it makes me wonder if like... This is the machine he had last time, kind of like the Astray no-name. Like, this is what he used in the previous world tournament and had to repair it, but couldn't get it uh, fixed perfectly. That would so he's got a couple cool. of modifications to it, like his shoulder gun. So Ricardo Fellini is like, who dares attack the Italian dandy from the sky? And it's a <laughs> Gao assault carrier. <laughs> ah, it's so good. <laughs> I would ask the same question I've been asking, but we find out in a bit why someone showed up with this thing. And we know this is not his normal Gumpla. He is using this specifically for the Battle Royal, because we saw him in the previous round as well. And he, I don't remember what he was using, but it was not a Gao attack carrier. And there is a team, a, a large team of people who have come together specifically to take down Ricardo Fellini. Yep. When you ask where we dropping, bro, where we dropping, guys, he is the guy who is asking because he's flying the plane. What is this? Is this the, the Gundam next to him looks like the Stargazer 
It, it looks like it, a little bit like it's got the Stargazer backpack. I think that's a custom job, but, but you're right. It does look like that. So, so it's the German champion, Zomer? Zomer? I don't remember how you pronounce it. Homer. Um, so Felini's like, wasn't it hard building that gal? And he's like, I built it just to defeat you. For stealing my girlfriend last year. <laughs> and then it proceeds to drop more bombs. To which Fellini is it, like, wait, she came to me. That wasn't my fault. I didn't steal anything. She came to me. To which the German camper says, that's not true. That's impossible. <laughs> As he's got the anime cry. I do love how like he like, oh yeah, he stole this guy's girlfriend or she went to him. Okay, I guess that makes sense to have a vendetta. And then it's just like, release everybody else. Cut to Say and Reggie, who have entered atmosphere like a strike Gundam. So, you know, like a Gundam. <laughs> so, apparently, the absorb shield is broken, and they can only use one discharge, whatever that actually means. And Ray's like, got it. Anyway, Say, what's that giant plane? And he's like, it's a attack carrier. Who's it fighting? Oh, wait a minute. I actually know that guy. The wind Gundam for Nietzsche. Whose motorcycle gets blown away by the bombs. And Fellini re- reiterates, no, she came on to me, dude. And he's like, you should have turned her down then. <laughs> Fellini <laughs> says, no, nah, it's my policy to keep my door open to every girl who hits on me. <laughs> well, he says everyone, so it makes you wonder. Fair. But, Ricardo Bailini. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he has lost his, his rifle. It was apparently on the bike, so, so it went flying. He's just firing like a shoulder cannon to like cover himself. Yeah, the shoulder that doesn't have a wing has a beam gun in it. Which I kind of like. But yeah, and so the, the German champion says, Be, blame this on your own policy. The gout <laughs> opens, and he's got the Fellini revenge squad inside. <laughs> and, let's see, there's an Epion in there. There's a Hydra Gundam. There's some crossbones shit. So yeah, six different mobile suits launch out of it. Yeah, and <laughs> Fellini is just like, holy shit. Okay, yeah, that's the, that's the Hydra, isn't it? This yes, one it here? is. I, I looked at him like, this, is, this looks familiar, because this is in, in uh, the SD Gundam game. But, but it gets wasted from off screen. Because, hey, Say and Reggie have shown up to help, and they take out two of them via surprise attack, which creates enough of a distraction for Fellini to get a third. And he's like, hey, the Star Build Strike is here to save the day. And they're like, we know you, so we'll work with you in order to beat this because, you know. These team- look like some grunts we could beat to thin the field. <laughs> and uh, he, he asked the obvious question, why are you helping me? Like, if I lose here, it helps you. And Reggie is like, I want to fight. If anybody's going to kick your ass, it's going to be me. I'm a Red Oni boy. Come on. Unfortunately, the Epion they are fighting is actually decent and puts up a fight against Reggie. I don't know I like what this thing with the cables Epion. is. It's got kind of a flat look to it, but if it's not from Turn A. I don't believe it's from Turn A. It we can- might be, and I'm just forgetting, but... Anyway, it ties up Ricardo Fellini, and he's just out of range of grabbing his buster rifle. And we cut to the VIP room where Alan is welcoming the chairman. He's like, hello! Who is like, I don't know exactly how to describe this dude. Mr. Magoo Energy. (laughs) And his secretary. I was going to say affable, but I like yours better. Affable is definitely better, but... (laughs) Now I know why what his secretary reminds me of, and I don't know why. She reminds me of Zero Suit Samus, and I don't know why that is. I'm not getting that at all. Very similar hair. I'll give you that. That's about all that... No, that's the thing. Is like I don't know why I'm I'm getting that vibe from this character. She has absolutely nothing to do with her. So he asks how the Majin's doing, and Alan's like, he's so strong, no one will approach him. And Chairman's like, oh well, I guess being too strong has its problems too. 
But good job, guys. I'm happy I have such a, a competent employees. And, like, the, the chairman's being, like, kind of flippant about it, and Alan's, like, very serious, so. So the chairman's like, anyway, what's happening? Ah, a gal is fighting some children. Rad. <laughs> that children is pretty good at this. And there I is- mean, it makes sense that the Epion would be giving them trouble with maneuverability, because that's literally what it does. Maneuverability is its thing. And so- then it flashes into the Starfield Strikes cockpit, and we get it. And then a it shot flashes the- to the chairman's cockpit. <laughs> <laughs> Where he is dumping all of his expensive wine. And his secretary's like, what's going on? And Alan's like, what? And this dude's like, what the fuck is he doing here? He shouldn't be in this world. So this leads me to my new theory about Reiji. That the chairman- He's telling the truth? Uh, no, that the chairman wrote some fanfic about a really cool uh, Plavsky boy. <laughs> um, <laughs> so he's specifically the chairman's fanfic Plavsky boy. See, this actually just makes me theorize that Reiji was telling the truth when he told Say about himself. So it's literally one of the things where that can't be true, and then it's just, no, it actually is just what he said. But wait, there's more, and I, I lied. This more is kind of important more. Yeah. I know I watched it, but I am drawing a blank on what exactly this more is. It's Ricardo Fellini oh, yeah, no, escaping that's right. bondage. So Reggie continues his fight with the Epion, which, as Re- uh, Say points out, is fast. The Epion goes after the shield and knocks them away. There's some incredible shots of the Epion dodging a barrage of beam fire. Well, and it is paint. I like the I like the green and gold paint scheme. No, it looks has. rad. Yeah, although it, I think re- I'm partial to. I think I prefer the red. I really the don't like the the shade of red the Epion. It, it's is like in. burgundy-ish, yeah. berry red. Ricardo struggles to get his gun, and the German champ is like, "I'm gonna crash into you like Garma almost did to the white base that one time because <laughs> I'm out of bombs." And then it's like he remembers that it, Ricardo seems like remember he's got Vulcans because he uses them here. Oh, wait, the rope is right in front of my Vulcan. Maybe I can undo it. So he manages to reach his buster rifle, which shoots a regular beam at the mobile suit that's tying him up because we don't really get a good shot of it here. But he has an underslung gym beam uh, gun on his buster rifle. Huh. Oh, that's I actually really that. cool. I didn't notice that. Yeah, you, it's way more prominent oh. in some later shots, but yeah, you, you can, can see it here see if you know look the- for it. But then he tries to buster the Gao. Well, it makes a lot of sense to have an underslung one if you can modify it, because the buster rifle only has three shots. Which Fellini puts into the Gao, but it has been treated enough, at least in the front, to deflect the buster rifle three times. And the star build strike is too busy with the Epion to help. So Fellini starts clicking his trigger, but is on empty. And he's like, damn, this is it for me. And then from downtown slash off screen, the Gao is pierced by the side, where it does not have shielding. <laughs> I love the split screen of, say, Reggie and Fellini, and then it cuts out of that split screen to its own, like, panel for the German champ, and instead of being in, you know, color, it's just in black and white. Yeah, he's unfortunately turned into an anime character for a moment. The Epion is so distracted by the destruction of the Gao, Reggie manages to get a shot in, and hey, Mao finally showed up with his giant satellite cannon to help. So uh, now they've got a team of three to, sur- to remain surviving the Battle Royale. Yeah, they only need one more, and they're a Battle Royale team. Well, they've got four people. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> so do they go find the, uh, the uh, Majin Kawaguchi? So Ricardo no, I- finishes unbinding himself, but then the ground starts shaking, and the camera starts shaking, too. This is so dumb. I love like, it so much. Like, so- what's going on? All of theirs are built off of high grade. Does that mean that this one is built on a master grade platform? No. Based this... on its size? We'll find out what its scale is in the next episode. <laughs> Do they actually call it out? Yes. Um, uh, anyway, giant enemy Zaku has appeared. 
I, I, Ray Ragey just looks nonplussed. Like he's just like seriously. I called it the Zaku enormous. It's like the Zaku amazing, but and the chairman is like, ah, yes, all according to plan. You know, I feel like just having a really big Zaku doesn't really help you. It seems kind of weird that it's not like a destroy Gundam or something. Yeah, I was expecting a bit. I keep expecting a big Zam, or I show. guess not a de- not a destroy a psycho Gundam. Yeah, it's just giant enemy Zaku. Zaku's more iconic, I guess, but still. And that's the end of the episode. What did you guys think? I like this one fairly well. I, I think it's I fun. fairly well enjoyed it as well. Especially, again, like I said, I love the Isla Ragey interactions. They're great. Yeah, the action's good. The comedy's good. Interesting, because I kind of expected you guys to be down on this episode. I think the Battle Royale drags just a little bit. I do love the comedy in this episode. Both the Isla Ragey bit and the Fellini Revenge Squad <laughs> are both great little conceits. And I suppose the action does build pretty well. The Thai champ is making a like enough of an impression that he will feel like a deal if they have to face him later. And I do like the fact that like this time around we're getting a little bit more focus on Fellini because he's always felt like a heavy side character, but now like bringing in the specifically the Fellini revenge <laughs> squad here, he actually is feeling more like a main member of the cast. Yeah, and he has to be bailed out by Reggie and Mao. Two children. <laughs> Do you have a high point, Tyler? What is my high point to this episode? I think it is going to be specifically the split screen after Mao shoots the Gao. That little sequence got me pretty with, good. With so. the three of them there and then the And then German the German champ. champ, yeah. And then just like the, the Gao going down off to the side. Like, that's basically the exact scene from Gundam too. So, liked it a lot. Zach? I think my high point is the ragey Isla bit. Is meat buns. Because <laughs> that whole sequence made me laugh. Like, there's a lot of moments I really liked in this episode and I had a lot of fun with. But that was the one that I was just like, I said, it's like, is someone there? I'm like, I really hope it's Isla. And then it was. And I'm like, yes! I have good news, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Ragey's getting a girlfriend? Uh, I wouldn't go that far. He's going <laughs> sideways into getting a girlfriend? Um, What was I going to say? Um, What's your high point, Jeremy? That's what I was going to say. I really like the battle between the Epion and the Star Build Strike. There's some we're back to Gundam build fighters having really good fight animation between that and the fight up in space with the Thai champion. Uh, I also there's this really good shot of Fellini when he like destroys the mobile suit behind him with that explosion behind the Fenice. But I'm gonna go with the battle between the Epion and the Star Build. Oh, so that we didn't even mention the like strafing rail or hip rail guns that he was doing, which were also pretty rad. Do you have a low point, Tyler? Really quick, I have a runner-up high point because I forgot it happened this episode was also Yuki's <laughs> I'm definitely not Yuki um, scene, which was really good. Uh, I, I think a run, like a pseudo runner-up for high point would be, uh, for me, Say and Tina's conversation on the phone. Right also the, adorable. Yes, right before the Ragey Isla bit. I, I think that's what helps the action not feel like it's dragging out too much is like there's a lot of other stuff happening that is not action. Yeah, and to be fair, the first full half of the episode is character interactions, right? Yeah. Which is how this gets away with a to be continued on its battle scene. Um, What is my low point? I think it might actually be that the Fellini scene stretches a little bit too long. Like we get like three distinct bombing strafe shots and like... Did we really need that many? Um, but honestly, it's a pretty minor nitpick. It, I, I don't have a huge low point for this episode. Zach, here, let me exposit in your face about the about Majin Kawaguchi or the Majin specifically. I I hate it when people vomit exposition at me. 
And it feels more and more like anytime Nils is on screen, that's his job. It's just here is the exposition that needs to be conveyed. The problem I is I am uninteresting as hell. Unfortunately, and I'm like, I don't I'm care. Nils, right? I learn fun facts and then I tell people fun <laughs> facts. So he's just doing it to himself. Oh man, I want to see Nils at a party just trying to give these fun facts to people, <laughs> but it's just exposition, so they walk away. That's why he has no friends. Poor Nils. I don't know, it's pretty good. Episode, I guess, like the Zaku reveal at the end seems like a little corny to me on a rewatch, and also like how much of this episode happens post credits. Also, like we've talked about, like it's weird how they use that sometimes, and here they're using it to get the cliffhanger of the chairman recognizing Reggie, and then also have some more, and the cliffhanger of the big Zaku showing up. So I get it, but I don't love it. Do you have an MVP, Tyler? This episode doesn't focus on any one character a whole lot, so that's kind of hard. It's between two for me, and I think I'm actually going to give it to Ricardo Fellini, because I don't know that he's going to get another one, so. Zach? Fellini. Uh, I'm going to give it to Yuki for the runner-up high point, and like how much tension he's building, and how we have a bunch of good threat building for the tournament, right? That's the advantage you have by doing these weird rounds to start instead of going straight into knockout stuff, is you get to build up minor characters as threats. Like, we have Isla, we have Meijin Kawaguchi, we now have the Thai champion, in addition to Nils and Mao and Ricardo, who are friendly characters, but would be difficult matches if, say, and Reggie were to run into them. Yeah. Well, it lets you present, I guess, jobbers, more or less, for later on, because... It makes them feel like they aren't jobbers, because they get to do something before they're just taken out, Yeah, right? that's that's what I mean, is that, like... It means something now because we've seen the Thai champion effectively beat Saiyan Reiji. Even if it was on a small scale and it wasn't like a total knockout, he beat them. So it's not just a matter of jumping immediately to fighting uh, Yuki and Isla again, who have already been kind of shown as like the top characters. And it also means that if they have to take them on, they don't have to immediately like eliminate Fellini or Mao. Anything else we want to say about this episode? just reinforced that I want more Reiji and Isla. Yep, me It buns. sounds like I'm getting more of that, so. Um, also, I do really like that the Chena and Sei scene was really cute. I don't know. It's a fun episode. Mao got to do something. Yeah, he Good destroyed job, a Gao. Oh, I, I guess there is one little other thing. There's not enough Rinko in this episode. There is not enough Rinko. Although that's because she's getting Swifty off screen, so. Wait until Rinko, Reiji, and Isla get to share a scene. Oh, this sounds like it's going to be so much fun. <laughs> All right. So we will be back next week with episode 12 of Gundam Build Fighters, Discharge. I was expecting to get one middle school giggle from that. I did not. Good job, guys. <laughs> Podcast ended. 